This episode of the Adventure Jogger podcast brought to you by Dan Shaw, Ashley Goodisart, Andrew Petty, Paulo Aguilar, Denny Squared, Caroline Troop, Dave Pond, and all of our Patreon supporters and listeners. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Adventure Jogger. Jeff Stafford's over again. Good evening. Did you see that post on Facebook? Someone tagged you and I both in it and said, Jeff, I only listen to the Adventure Jogger for I you. I do I not did. listen for Ryan Pluckman. Why would you tag me in that? I saw that. <laughs> Why would you tag me in a post like that? You can go ahead and message right. Jeff all you want right. about how he's the only reason you listen to the Adventure Jogger, but please, for the love of God, don't tag me. Just, My ego is way too fragile to be tagged in a post is, like that. He's traumatized. <laughs> I'm like, guess what? You're fucking out. <laughs> so anyway, it's great to have you back on the Adventure Jogger. Let's talk about Mountain Masochist. 50-mile race started in 1983. That's a few days ago. Nearly 40 years of a brutal, fun, scenic, enjoyable mountain race. That's a lot of legacy, right? One of the older 50-mile races definitely, in the country. definitely. Imagine if you had to take over a race like that. Imagine if you were taking that on, taking on all that legacy, all of those stories now become yours. Who would do that? Who would do such a thing? Who, when someone is asked, hey, I'm getting out of the RD gig, who steps up and takes over a legacy race like that? Well, I have the answer for you. By the way, the Mountain Masochist runs on November 5th in Montebello, uh, Virginia. The new race director is our guest on this episode of Adventure Jogger, Tim Spaulding. Welcome, Tim. Welcome. Thanks, gentlemen. Uh, that's a, a little bit of a scary and intimidating intro, but uh, yeah, happy to be <laughs> well, on. Well, no, because you got you got to think, Tim. And I'm sure when, when someone asked you, and I don't know if, if, if you had to apply for this gig or if someone's like, hey, Spaulding, it's your turn. <laughs> You're in by default. Right. Yeah. When well, you have a race like Mountain Masochist, which has so much legacy and so much history, that has to be a very intimidating task to take on. Yeah, I, in, in many ways, it was a little bit of a short straw, uh, to be honest, uh, gladly. But then I told my wife later and she's like, wait, what? Whoa, <laughs> you idiot. Wait, wait a second. We didn't talk about this. I'm like, well, we kind of did. Uh, you know, one of those, it's uh, <laughs> when, you're, when you're reeling and you're trying to come up with some kind of answer, you're like, ah, oh, crap. Um, <laughs> But, Son uh, of a, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so give us a story, Tim. How how did you get approached, and and what was the process of of you taking over this legacy race? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess just a little bit of a background. Massic is. I, so I've run it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran in two thousand nine and then twenty sixteen, um, and it's always had a, a special place in my heart because it was the it's the race that got me interested in ultras. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2000, oh gosh, no, I ran in 2013 and 2016. We moved, my wife and I, we moved to the Lynchburg area in 2009 Mm -hmm. and I wasn't much of a runner at that point, you know, run a little bit here and there, you know, the 5k's for kittens with cancer and all that fun stuff. Exactly. And, uh, my wife was probably more of the runner, you know, always dragging me to, Hey, let's go do something. 
Um, cause in college I was happy to run with her. And then when we got married, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do so much. But anyway, you know, like every town, every city has those like free magazines that are basically like paid for by advertising. Right. Well, one of these in, in Lynchburg had a, a story about the mountain massacres and I had never heard, you know, like most of us at some point, we'd never heard of an ultra and we we're just like blown away by wait, there's people who run that far. And the guy that they were talking to training for this race that in my, just blew my mind was training in a, a nearby park. And I was like, wait a minute. So this guy's training in this park right over here. So, and that's what kind of really got me interested in running ultras and really gave, gave me the bug to a few years later, you know, dip my toe into just trail running and, you know, ran promised land as my first 50 K and then that fall ran mask. So that's kind of the background, like masochist in my mind is always like, this steeped in history storied race where I'm like, man, Mascus is, Mascus is awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, and so this spring, you know, Mascus has been around since 83. David mm-hmm. Horton started the race. He was the first race director. Um, he handed it off to Clark Zealand and Clark has been, it's been Clark's race for, I don't know. I want I, I don't remember the exact details on it all, but 15, 18 years, something along those lines. A while. And for the last, yeah, exactly. For the last couple of years, um, another guy, local guy, Todd Hacker had been the race director. I want to say it was about four years. Mm-hmm. And I heard that Todd was like, Hey, I've got too much going on in life. I'm just, I, I can't keep doing this. Um, and so it was one of those things that was like, Oh, so Masticus is out there. And so I remember, you know, just kind of having some conversations. I know Clark decently well, we don't live too far from each other and just, you know, just kind of the conversation of like, so what's, uh, how's, uh, how's something like this work? And so, I mean, on one hand, I was like, well, there's never a chance of directing a race like right. this and talking with a bunch of buddies or not a bunch, but a couple of buddies that I run with regularly and kind of kicking around the idea. And just it's, you know, long story short, it ended up where um, Clark was like, yeah, if you want to direct it, then let's uh, let's rock and roll. Let's go from there. So had you ever directed a race before, Tim? <laughs> um Officially, no, and unofficially, no. Um, <laughs> okay, just to be clear on that, yeah, yeah, just just to be clear, right. so in case anyone has any questions. So I uh, I ran a nonprofit based out of Lynchburg, an anti trafficking organization called Freedom Four Twenty Four, about, about for about five years. Yeah, and we put on a five k race, uh, and we had somebody who was specifically the race director. Yeah, uh, we did. We've done them in Knoxville and in Lynchburg and out in California, kind of all over the country. So I was never directly directing a race but i've been heavily involved in putting on 5k's and a 50 miler and a 5k are basically the same thing you have like exactly. one water stop and turn around so I'm like, <laughs> times 10 I mean, you it, right? yeah, Dixie cups and a it's five 10, gallon it's cooler, 10 right? 5 right. exactly exactly no it's a 50 miler it's more than that Whatever. jeff do your math you're the pilot you're 50K. supposed to be the good one um yeah so i here's what i'm thinking happened and maybe you didn't have this thought when, when when your buddy's like, ah, I'm, I'm kind of out. And Zealand's like, hey, I got I to find somebody to take this over. He had talked to other people, experienced race directors, and they were I, like, listen. I, I hope so. Yeah, they're like, listen. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, David Maybe Horton. like, I need, a, I need somebody. Right. David Horton started this race. You started yeah. a race. You got to follow David Horton, the guy who has a movie made about his life starring Kirk right. Cameron. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that's a huge amount of pressure. You have Those are some big shoes to fill. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah. Kirk Cameron's in the movie, damn it. This is a big deal. Who's playing you in the movie? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, no. Kirk, Cameron. Still, <laughs> Kirk no. Cameron's going to play. So, so anyway, so a lot of people were probably intimidated by, the, the, by taking on a race with so much legacy. 
But then Clark had, he goes, oh, I got a buddy who has no idea what he's doing. I can get him to do this. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. yeah. Something like that. He, you know what? He's, he's, he's like, helped, he's helped in a couple 5Ks. Watch this. So, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Right. So, so you don't talk to your wife about this. Or I think what happened was she was busy doing something and you, you casually <laughs> mentioned it like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to RD Mount Damascus. Is that okay? She's like, what? Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Good conversation. <laughs> he did the old hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tomorrow's our 21st anniversary. So oh, Ryan, you are correct. <laughs> like what we talked about this we, we, what do you well, mean uh, don't you remember <laughs> we, we agreed on this <laughs> come on so, we had a deep conversation about this yeah. um so so yeah so uh, perhaps everybody else said no because of all of that pressure but d- have you not thought about that am i am i freaking you out at this moment bringing up all no, this i mean i no, not really so a so David Horton has started a bunch of races in this area. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and a good friend of mine who I run with regularly, uh, Brenton Swires, he and his wife took over Holiday Lake. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is another 50K that Clark's, excuse me, that, that Horton started, you know, 25, 30. Promised uh, Land, yeah. Holiday Lake, all those. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I knew, and Brenton has, you know, been tight with Horton forever. It was kind of one of his, his understudies. I don't know, whatever you call it. So I, so me and a couple other buddies, we've been helping Brent out with holiday Lake the last few years. And so, I mean, it's dead. There's always big shoes to fill, but there's also that point of saying like, yes, we want to keep this thing great. I want to make this an awesome race, but it, it, if your goal is to just always make it what it was, it'll never be that. So I'd seen Brenton and Jamie have the opportunity to say like, okay, we've taken over this race. There's big shoes to fill. And on one hand, it's very true. There's big shoes to fill. But on the other hand, there's also like, there's an opportunity to just not go a new direction, but to just, you know, but you'll never, I mean, you take over an organization, you take over a race, you take over a business, whatever it is. Um, you take over a family like in Talladega Nights. I mean, like right, yeah. you don't try yeah. and fill the shoes. Ricky, you, like, Ricky you Bobby. Have yeah. to, you do that, but you also just have to make it your own. And so I think that, that's what's exciting. Now, the other day, uh, last Tuesday, I, I, uh, I met uh, Horton for breakfast. I said, hey, can I can I have breakfast? Today? I want to talk about Mascus. And we sit down and, you know, he's reading the paper. And I met him at the, the Waffle House. And his first thing was like, so, do you know, what you're getting yourself into him. like. No. Uh, based on that comment, I absolutely have no idea what I'm getting myself into. So, yeah. so, I could just picture so, the scene of Tim, bright eyed, bushy tailed. Horton, go, Horton goes like this. Yeah, he looks down at you over his paper. He's got his glasses yeah. down. It's oh some God. diner in Virginia, and he's like, folds his paper and looks at you and goes, Do you know what you're getting yourself into? I don't want to say it's verbatim, but it's pretty close. No, it's pretty much. Uh, so I, I know Horton decently well. We've had lots of conversations. I mean, helping with trail work with Hellgate, different stuff. So we've had conversations about a lot of races. And, and if you guys know anything about him, he's not somebody who mints his words. He doesn't ever sugarcoat anything. It's if you had a great race and you finished, he's like, good job. And if if you didn't, didn't? he's, you know, you finish and you're broken. He's like, you should have done better. You know, <laughs> you know, right? So, they left that uh, out of the movie. They they really brushed over right. that aspect of his personality <laughs> in the movie. Kirk Cameron's like, wait a minute, there's f words in this script. Take those out, or I'm not going to be in this movie. No, um, no, that, those wouldn't be coming. At, those I don't know. Those might be the internal monologue. I can I can't vouch for that on Horton, <laughs> but uh, he uh, he shoots straight with uh, a clean vocabulary. I'll good, say, so. good, very good. Yeah. So, what what advice? You're sitting in that diner with with David Horton, the guy who started the race. 
did he offer you any advice? Did he give you any inside stories to, to something that maybe sparked your imagination for what you're going to do? You know, I mean, having run it a few times and knowing a lot of, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people who've run it, who've run it more than I have. I, I know a lot of the people who, you know, it's, it's a local race for us here. And so I know a lot of people who run the aid stations. I know a lot of people who've run it a bunch. And so I've, I've done, a, I've had a lot of conversations with people and there's a lot of excitement around like, all right, Hey, here's a, here's a next step. Here's a new generation. Like what's Mascus going to become? And so, you know, I said, Horton, I, I like, what advice do you have? And he's like, I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, I mean, he's always a wealth of wisdom, but you know, he was, his main thing was it's going to be, it's going to be way harder than you think that it is. There's always going to be a million questions. And I mean, the reality is like, you know, and we've all, we've all been guilty of this, or I should say, I have been guilty of this. You write there, you're like, Hey, I just got one simple question. It's not going to be a big deal. And you think you're this unique little rabbit who's the, the asking rule. one question. The RD's like, son of a, I've had like <laughs> yeah, the, the 500, you, one little question. You get the guy that says, so, the I, rule know, says this, but does that really mean this or this? Yeah. Or Don't read between like, the lines. <laughs> just read the black and white and let it go. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny talking to more and more race directors and kind of and you know i i we, we talk a lot on the show about the things they, they deal with but there's things that i've heard behind the scenes that that people have to have to deal with race director wise and remember was it a couple years ago the guy the the guy who was running eastern states put like a dollar charge per question was it i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah i like that i, I like that, that. I, rem I remember that's great when it happened a couple years ago i'm like well that seems rather change ridiculous. that to 20 dollars a question but after i've talked to race directors and so many of them i go that seems very reasonable that will make your life so right. much easier if you charge a dollar a question because half the i am sure 90 percent of the questions are something you can easily find on the website where it says frequently asked questions did you did you read the race packet did yeah you <laughs> I mean, that's like being, you know, my wife's a professor and, you know, I, I do some teaching on the side and like, yeah. we all know there's like, yeah, so you clearly didn't read because, and, and you don't want to answer like a jerk, right? You don't right, want to be a right. prick, yeah. but you, yeah, on the other hand, you're like, I really want to be sarcastic in my answer, but you know. No, you, you respond with something like, I'd like to direct your attention to page three, paragraph one, sentence three. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly. And, I, and I will say that, yes, I'm sure it drives you crazy. But most directors, race directors do a really fantastic job of, I mean, you have a, probably a, a custom answer for all these things. Like, hey, thanks for reaching out. This is what it is. And, and, and so and so. I, inside story. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to leave some names out to protect the innocent. Oh, Lord. There is one race director that Jeff asked a couple of questions to, and the guy got real pissy and kicked him out of the race. We're not going to say his name, but do you remember that story? How all mad we were at him? We were going to. I I think I know. How do you not remember the story that happened to you? Is this like one of those Stewart's Daily SNL things? Like for anonymity, we're going to call him, you know, Doctor Zhivago, Gary G, or Michael J. Right? We'll call him Doctor Zhivago. Michael J. So, Gary so. C. He's a race writer in Tennessee. <laughs> no, it's not last. I want to put that out there. I do not want the last people burning my house to the ground. Oh, God, it was not last. There's only three people yeah. that know the answer to this question: uh, Patrick Green, Travis Esterby, myself, and apparently Jeff has gotten the age where he forgets when he gets thrown out of races. <laughs> 
So it should be four people, but only three people now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to start taking your fish oil supplements. I got to. I, can't I, gotta, get, I gotta get on that. I can't have you losing your memory. It's, it's just like, not, not going to work. It's like uh, the short term, just like <laughs> gone. It's gone. It was not Laz. Oh. It was not David Horton. Um, but I'll just leave it at that. It narrows it down to like 500 other people it could possibly yeah. be. <laughs> so, so having that, he can't give you much information. Was what this is, a dream? No, this really had, do I need to find the messages? Okay, all right, fine. Okay, anyway, so back to, yeah. you know, we're going to talk about Tim. We're not going to dwell too much on you getting this kicked out of that in the after show. All right. That's yes. for the paying subscribers. That's yes. for the subscribers, right? right? I will only tell our Patreon subscribers <laughs> who <laughs> the race director is. Anyway. anyway but anyway. it's a dollar per question. It's a dollar per, <laughs> for everyone who wants to know. Uh, we're we're going to pay off Jeff's house with this. It's going to yeah. be great. Um, so, okay. So, you've had the opportunity now. This has been something that's been brewing for a while. What are some things that you think will will happen at Mountain Masochist this year that'll kind of put the Tim Spaulding stamp on that race? That's a good question. So Masochist has had a, an interesting like evolution. I mean, the, the, the history of Masochist, you know, and, and some of this I got from talking to Horton. Mm. Um, and actually, I, I, I stopped by Clark's house the other day and he's like, hey, I got a box of stuff from Masochist. And like, you know, he we put it up on the Instagram. I did. I don't understand that stuff. That's yeah. you know. But like, this is like this is the. And sorry for those who are listening. You can't see, but paper wrestling. This is like the original race poster. Oh, wow, the original poster. Look at that. Like it's, it's like it's like cutouts and tape and like. So like, oh, I've wow. gotten some of this stuff and it's super cool and like. Hey, here's the original sponsor. Kangaroos. Oh my God, Ruse! Kangaroos were the original sponsors. Apparently, that was one of Horton's sponsors way back in '83. Oh my! But, what people don't know? I, hang on, Tim. I just want to let people know because there's maybe young people that don't know. Kangaroos, mainly the coolest called, shoes ever. Oh yeah, Ruse. They had a, they had a little pocket in them, and they had a little zippered pocket on the side. And when you yep. were a kid, did you wear them to school, Tim? Did you have those at school? Yeah, man. You put your lunch money in the pocket. Yeah. Well. I could, yeah, but my big thing is you I put a joint know, in there, didn't you? Like, there's no way you could fit a gel in there. <laughs> no, That's what I don't understand. No, it's not. You could get a joint in there, though. I, so I've heard. <laughs> um, and, your, and your lunch money is, is where that would I go. Never, I never had a pair of roots. You never had a pair? No. No, really? No. I was probably still wearing platforms. You may not even forget. Yeah, you may not even remember. You were wearing his PF Flyers. Right. <laughs> yeah. Red Ball Jets, PF Flyers, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, there's a generational skip there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Jeff's gonna put on a race sponsored by by, the, by those PF yeah. flyers. By PF flyers. But like, so, so, so the, the so the 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 like, I've got all this different stuff. I mean, like, I, I have a VHS tape that is from 1983, from the very first year. Which I don't own a VHS player, so I'm trying to find somebody local. Get it digitized, to yeah. But like, there's some of this history of the race, and that's really like it's just kind of blows my mind seeing this stuff because i mean like ultra is still a niche sport right right it's super niche yeah. but but you know you go back to 2009 2008 2007 even you know in those years and it was still super niche and so mm-hmm. knowing that this race is 40 years old but like i was talking you know some of the stuff i was talking with horton about i was like hey tell me about the history of the race he's like tom green ran the first 25 years consecutively wow like, like the tom green yeah who run, you know the guy who started the grand slam like you know, Dave Mackey ran it three years in a row, won it three years in a row, had the course record until Jeff Rose came and still holds. I mean, his record on the old course is 627 for 54 miles, which is which is shocking. 
and I was you know talking with Horton, and this was this was the fall before the Western states. Yeah. So I mean, you look at you look at Rose's record, and like he basically won everything. And you know, according to Horton, he was you know he said so the last four or five you know three four miles is a downhill, and he said he was up on that ridge when Jeff came screaming through and he's like, Oh crap. And so he just books it down trying to make it to the finish. You know, I guess he didn't catch Jeff for the finish, but like a six twenty seven at a, at a mountainous 50 miler. That's the old course was probably somewhere between nine and 10,000 feet of climbing. Like, and mo- almost all that climbing was in the second half. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a beast of a race. And, you know, he said he was talking to his dad who was current him. If you watch the movie, you can see his dad, but he was like, this is the, this is the best race that Jeff's ever put together. Like everything came together, you know? So like there's, you know, if you scroll through the history, it's, you know, you've got like frozen Ed from Barkley. He mm-hmm. ran it, you know, I think the first year, Scotty Mills ran it a bunch of times, Gary Robbins, you know, Eric Clifton, Dennis, her, like this was a huge race. It was part of the Montreal ultra cup before right. the golden ticket race. You know, it was, it was a Western States qualifier. Mm-hmm. So I think it was 2012, 2013 when they changed it to it had to be a hundred miler. But for years, Masochist was a qualifier. I mean, one of my good friends ran Western on her first qualifier was just Masochist. And so, you know, so there's so much of this history where this used to be like just an uber, uber competitive race. And over the years, you know, there's more and more races, there's more happening. And so it it is it has not maintained its status as like one of the like one of the highlights of the east coast of the united states Mm -hmm. like hey everybody who's anybody on the east coast comes to Masca. so it doesn't really necessarily have that same feeling it's become much more of a local race and so when i look at that you know part of me is like man i'd love to reach out to like to jeff i don't know maybe i need a a didgeridoo or something to get all of him i have no idea but like you know on one hand it's like hey do you can you get these old these these guys these people who ran in the past to come back and i don't know maybe maybe not but Ultimately, the goal is like, can we, you know, can we, can we turn this into, not turn it into, but can we build upon what's there? Can this become a race that is everybody comes to? And so, you know, one of the things it was originally point to point. And so the, the, the pre-race was in Lynchburg and the start was up on the James River for almost everybody listening. That doesn't make any sense. But, you know, the start of the race and the finish were far apart. You're parking, you're taking a bus. The logistics of the race were difficult, but a point to point is always great, right? Right, right. Um, and so the pre-race and post-race, they were in Lynchburg. So it was like people needed multi, like to come and run Mascus, you really needed to be local for close to three nights, which is great, but it's it's a harder logistic. And so um, a year or two ago, it was turned into an out and back just based upon some logistical difficulties. I think every, every race director of, of, you know, a 50 K or 50 mile or longer, you're always dealing with just logistics. You've got land overners, you've got the forest service, you've got the national park, you know, whoever it is, right. You're always trying to figure all this stuff out. So one of the changes that's happened recently was it's no longer point to point. It's an out and back, which makes it a tougher race. There's, there's more climbing in it because the first half of the race used to be, a lot of fire roads and it was it, you know it wasn't easy but it was like it wasn't a bunch of single track and so it's, right. it's there's a lot more single track there's a lot more climbing but that also affords the ability to start and finish at the same point there's a campground and so the goal is to say hey can we take this campground feel this start and finish at the same spot come and camp out and like I mean, we've all been at those races where everybody just camps out yep. and there's something different. There's something special about that chance where you get together the night before 
you have your pre-race, you eat your pizza, whatever it is. People are sleeping in their cars, sleeping in tents, you know, whatever. Like there's something special about that kind of an environment where everybody hangs out at the finish where you don't need to get a bus back to get your car, to get your stuff, to go to the post race to, you know. And so that's what I'm excited about. I mean, the way I see it is it's 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 a race that I don't necessarily my goal isn't to say, hey, can we return it to its former glory per se? Because those days are are over. Those days have passed. It's not going to be a, a golden ticket race. You know, like Western States just changed right. what their expectations are. So the goal is like, can we make this, can we remake this into one of those races where everybody wants to come out, where people say, hey, this is that fall race on the East Coast. Because, I mean, the leaves are gorgeous this time of year. Like, it's a beautiful course. It's a tough course. But this, like, I mean, in my mind, it's just perfect. It's such an awesome opportunity. And starting and finishing in the same spot makes the logistics super easy. And so it's like, hey, can we capitalize on that? And then from there, it's just saying, hey, how can we, A stations have been good. How can we make them great? The courses, course marking has been good. I mean, all these little things. And some of that you glean from just going to other races and seeing what other people do. And you're like, hey, maybe we could do that. Maybe we could do that. So that's kind of the idea behind it is, you know, what can we, what can be done to make this, to take a good race, a great race and make it even better. So there's my five minute elevator speech for you. You know, it's interesting. And and those are some really great ideas and some really great observations about, you know, the race and, and the changes and so on. How do you approach, because we here we are in the digital age. I mean, when, when David Horton started the race, he, he made a poster with the kangaroos logo and he cut out letters. I love that, here's by a, the way. Here's the old paper application. Oh, I love that. I love that old paper applications. I mean, that is so that is so yeah. cool. Um, yeah. and, and I wonder, I wonder if there is a desire for something like that again. So I I don't know. At least for me, there is. So the first hundred that I ran was Western States. I'm one of those people that was like, that guy's an asshole, right? You know, no, because you know, hang on, I was going to bring this up later, but you bring it up now. You got into yeah. Western States and correct me if I'm wrong twice off of one ticket, right? No, uh, once off of one tickets in the sec, I've gotten in twice on three tickets, which you're, I've gotten a lot of hate mail. You're from still an my asshole. Right. Yeah, you, you should. Exactly. Yes. I people that. should hate you, Tim. They That's really okay. should hate exactly. you. <laughs> but, so let's leave leaving that aside, Ryan. The second hundred I ran was Old Dominion. And mm-hmm. Old Dominion is one of those Great old race. school, the second oldest hundred. Well, like, that's debatable, and, but. Yeah, exactly. I know. I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> well, we don't go down that road. You go in there. Well, that's yeah. for the Patreon. That's for the paying Patreon. Right. 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 Exactly. Be, exactly. We'll, we'll go in depth on that. Yeah. But there's something like, so the year I ran it, a, a good friend of mine, Chris Roberts, who's, you know, he, he, if you want salty and sarcastic race reports, Chris Roberts is your guy. Um, he was the assist at um, Biggs for Harvey Lewis. Biggs. Yeah, we've yeah, had, yeah, we had yeah. him on the adventure so, jogger. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yep. So Chris ran Old Dominion the same year I ran it in 2019. And his race report came out first. And he was basically like, this race sucks. Everything about it sucks. Blah, 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 blah. And I was in the process of writing mine. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing in the world. It was like a love letter. And I was <laughs> yes. like, wait a minute. I, you know, you're all feeling self-conscious. And I'm like, but I mean, that's that's who Chris is. But like, I loved Old Dominion. I love that there's an, you know, the the Duncan Creek aid station is basically got two guys on horseback who bring out a bunch of water bottles. They're sitting in the only shade of their horses. <laughs> And there's like Walmart water bottles in the heat. Except the, except the year I ran it, they didn't have that aid station. 
That would suck because that 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 whole like it, five it point slip, like that was just that was that's the worst part of the race. Yep. But like you know, you'd come into an aid station. It's like, what do you got? We got Snickers and pretzels, <laughs> and the waters over there. Fill up your own bottles. What and else it you wasn't, got? <laughs> I, my view was it wasn't the people that aid station workers were calloused. It was like, hey, you're an ultra runner. Suck it up, princess. You can do. And like, right? I appreciated that. And like, there's there's kids working aid stations who like their grandparents work. Like, so I love these races that have this history that aren't going to say like, hey, we've got every little doodad and here's a here's a pint glass and here's this i, I hope we're not doing pint glasses this year but like you know, just like <laughs> wait wait give you everything. <laughs> hold on we ryan, make it super- <laughs> ryan will appreciate this here's your avocado toast oh yeah, yeah exactly yeah. 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 yeah yeah so we're not gonna have i don't actually i don't you know the racetrack the 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 a station captains do what they want but i'm pretty sure we don't have any avocado toast happening but like those you know the races that are old school like a strolling gym like you know an old dominion like to me i i love that there's something that's just like there is you know western states has the fanfare of the avocado toast like and there's a million people who take great care of you and there's something wonderful about that yeah but i love i don't know like i i at least for me and i know you know younger runners coming up like we all want what ultra running used to be mm-hmm. i don't want to carry an aunt jemima bottle i mean i'll be honest i don't want yeah. to do that but like yeah. but there's something about when we hear those stories you hear ajw you hear horton whoever it is like you know just waxing eloquently about the old days you're like oh man there's something so cool about that and so i, I don't know man i like that stuff i think that's cool i do too and i i really would think it'd be cool even if it was just you gave people two options to register right like you can register online or you can print out this form no. and mail it in with a check <laughs> you know i mean that was just that's just so, so cool if, if you want that sign up for promised land or hellgate that's what well hellgate actually, has changed hellgate, the last couple of years they've they do it electronically now you have an option to do it electronically uh no promised land has an option hellgate is still paper from what i know i it was last year either way yeah it's still like you know, I still print it out because I can walk, I can drive it over to his house and save the $4 process. Right, there you go. That's great. My apologies, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. do what you can, but. Right. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's, I don't know. I I just, and maybe part of it's being, like, mentored or, or growing growing up as an ultra runner under people like David Horton. I'm like, man, I like the old, I, there's something about that that's cool. I mean, I like the races where you get your medal and you get this and you get that. And, like, everybody wants good swag. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll tell you another uh, another old school race that's in your neck of the woods is uh, Iron Mountain. That's a uh, uh, dude, I love Iron Mountain. That's a great race. Yeah, yeah, that's a great race. Iron Mountain is. I mean, that's my that's my favorite race. I've run the fifty k or the thirty mile or whatever it's called five times. I think four times, five times. I've run it again this fall. Like, why? Because it's just twenty five bucks if it's you want to share bucks. it. Actually, but like for twenty five bucks, you get a great race. You get good aid stations, and you get finish line like burgers and dogs and food like. If I if I remember right, the year I ran it, the the your your race swag, if you will, at the gazebo at the end, all the locals brought in things like jams and jellies and stuff like that. Yeah, and you went up. And no, that, that's the you that's your finisher out a, prize. There's a table of yeah cookies, bread, yeah, or jam. You pick out what you want. That that's yeah. Your, yeah. And like my wife, she runs the 16 miler every year. She's like, oh, we're going old. We're we're going Iron Mountain. Like for 50 bucks, you know, right. we drive down for the weekend get some bread get cookies get some like to me there's something so in that race generally they've upped the they've upped the uh the total number of people i think the full permit um 
because they've added a 40 miler. But yeah. I mean, for years it was the, the year I, so in 2019, when I ran uh, Old Dominion, I was I was in the bathroom taking a pre-race dump registering for Iron Mountain because I'm like I want to get an Iron Mountain and if I wait till after the race I'm not going to get in like you know it's it was one of those races like for years it was like you have to register the day it opens or you're not getting in because and, and yeah it's an old school race twenty I think he's upped it to thirty bucks Kevin Townsend's the RD um, he's going yes. for his twenty fifth Masochist this fall at, at Masochist so um but yeah jeff you're totally right like races like that that i'm trying to remember know, there's something about about races where where there isn't a, yeah anyway so no i, I actually was gonna let you guys wax poetic about I, about baked goods and races i ran that in 2016 on, and it was a 50 miler yeah so there's that so there was always been a 16 miler a 30 miler and a 50, 50 miler, and they added a 40 so now there's a bunch of options. People are like, hey, Tim, you've done the 30 miler a bunch of times. Do you want to run the 40 or the 50? And I'm like, no, because the, the, the 50, 50 was I'm done by noon and I get to hang out and watch everybody else suffer and finish. Like, well, I don't want to do that. So. <laughs> no, it's I like the 30 miler. <laughs> I think it's cool because you, you do have a lot of these old school races and, 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 they, and there's a definite market for that. But there is a market for the slick, modern yeah good swag that sort of thing races but here we are in the digital world where a lot of yeah. races will hire you know some videographer to come in and do some really good videos to promote it that way what about promoting this race in the digital space for the modern ultra runner where are you as far as that's concerned yeah so one of the big things so like i keep saying a we i've got three guys that i run with regularly and my wife says we text each other on a daily basis like middle school girls <laughs> Which you I love them more than you love me yeah i won't comment on the accuracy of that statement but <laughs> i won't deny it um but you know they have been this wouldn't be happening without them you know coming alongside so it's been like, hey, let's let's set up an Instagram page. Let's set up this. Let's set up like, and so there's a lot of the goal is like, okay, there's this great race, this great opportunity, but how do we, you know, can we add these different elements? Right. And you know, these guys that I run with are all younger than I am, mm. and they understand this stuff way more than I do. I, I, it, they make me feel older than like hanging out with my kids sometimes. But you know, there's there's a there's so the goal is is really like okay, so. So right now, Masticus is on EcoX, is is Clark Zeeland's his his racing um, company. So right. it's got Grindstone, there's Terrapin, um, and and Masticus, and I think that's I might be missing something. So he also oversees the Beast series, which is like there's six races, half are you know there's Horton races, the Brent Swires, uh, Holiday Lake. Uh, and then Clark's races. And so basically you run three 50 Ks in the spring, you run a 50 miler, a hundred miler and a hundred K. And that's the B series. You can get this badass yeah. trophy of a bear, um, which is super cool. Yeah. And I haven't done it yet, but I want that trophy, which is dumb, but it looks cool. Um, <laughs> so there's, so like he oversees that. And then there's the, the Lynchburg ultra series, which is the, you know, the three spring 50 K. So it's holiday Lake Terrapin promised land and then you run masks so there's so there's some multiple things but like right now registration for masochist is on the eco x website so it's eco hyphen x sports.com or google or whatever yeah but the reality is when we look for races when people like you know fill up a glass of whiskey and say i'm gonna go scroll you they know where they go time. right yeah. yeah yeah exactly and so like Right, you know, for this year, it's on it's on the EcoX website. It's the simplest way to do it. But the goal is in the future is like, hey, let's get this on Ultra Sign Up. Mm -hmm. um, how do we get this in front of more eyeballs? How do we get this in front of more people? 
And part of that's saying, you know, Ryan, when you're like, hey, I just saw that you're the ERD, let's have a conversation. I'm like, absolutely. Let's do that. So, they, you know, like that's that's part of it. It's like, you know, it is locally known as this old school race that's been around forever that's fantastic. But, the, you know, how do we how do we get it out there more? And so the goal is adding in the socials. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, a videographer. We've got several photographers who show up at most of the local races and do a great job. But yeah, but you know, you know, you know promotion, promotions like, different. It, it can still remain an old school race, yeah. but the promotion could be worked on. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, in, in my, in my day job, I do some, some marketing and things of those natures. And so part of it's like, looking, okay, so what, what are the things that we can do? Can we increase this? Can we increase that? You know, so forth and so on. So that's a work in progress right now. Um, cause the race is bearing down on us in just a few months. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, the goal for this year is like, it's the 40th anniversary. Let's have an amazing wow. year. Let's rock this thing out and then let's build into the future and see where this goes. I mean, you know, marketing is important, right? But at the same time, there are certain races, you know, like you look at a Jason green race, Jason says like, Hey, I'm going to make a, a, a 200 miler in my mom's backyard and you're going to run the loop 4,000 times. Right. It's going to sell out tomorrow. Right. It just right. is right. Yeah. So those races are, are based upon the Yeti community that he's built. I ran Yeti last, last year. That race was amazing. Like there's something about the energy around that that doesn't require marketing per se, not, not hard market. I mean, Ryan, you understand you're the radio engineer. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's like, there's hard marketing. And then there's also like, no, like, Jason is a genius marketer. He just mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I mean, he, he rips off Adidas. He rips off Star Wars and everybody right. get, these companies get pissed. And I'm like, that's the coolest buckle I've got. There's lightsabers <laughs> and Lillian Falcon. Like, right. you know, there's that side of things where you're like, how can, I don't want to say guerrilla marketing, but along, but, but along those lines of marketing is important. The digital and the social side is absolutely important. But I think where it grows the most is the, is the person to person. Like when you guys go out for a run with someone who's like, Hey man, I just got back from Mascus. That was an awesome race. Like that was put on really well. That was a fun course. It was a tough course pre-race post-race. They were great. Swag was awesome. Like that's what ultimately sways people. I mean, we've all read ultra running magazine and there's the, the, you know, the quarter page ad for, I don't know, somebody's race right. somewhere and you're like, that's not moving me. Right. It's the person to person conversation right. where someone says, Hey, Bighorn's amazing. I mean, it's like basically a mud suck every year, but like two thousand <laughs> yeah. race. So I'm like, oh but, Bighorn's but not people my, keep Bighorn's going back. Yeah, right. but, um, so like that's I at least for me, I think most of us the races that we choose are based upon hearing about them on a podcast like the adventure jogger, ding ding ding, or <laughs> <laughs> or one of our buddies says like, Hey, that was a really cool race. Like that's the kind of stuff that I think moves the needle with people. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's, there's something to it. And you're right. Jason does really good at word of mouth and like viral marketing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very organic and it's not really paid for. And it's just this, this underground it's, it's almost, yeah. he reminds me a lot of, and, and the comparison is only strictly based on the product there producing and releasing but but tesla tesla doesn't doesn't buy commercials there's not tesla commercials on tv yeah you know you, they don't have to because they create this culture he's created this culture around his races and the culture is what almost sells his races for him which i think is, is genius yeah and, and absolutely incredible no and i and i completely agree i mean 
Yeti interested me because I'm like, I'd like to run a fast hundred. That looks cool. Right. Um, but coming away, I was like, I want to run that again. And to be quite honest, like that's about as boring of a course as you could come up with. I mean, realistically, like just being totally frank, like you're back and forth on the creeper trail, which is pretty. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but like, right, it's, it's the creeper trail. But there's but that had nothing to do. Like it was a great race. It was a great course. The aid stations were amazing. And like, you know, there's some people who are a little extra and that's cool. You do you, (laughs) you know, like that's not me, but that's okay. But like in the end, I'm like, you know, a pre-race, you meet Jason, like this guy is absolutely passionate about races. And that's how David Horton is. You go, if you, if you come to promised land and you don't have to leave right after the race, you hang out. That guy loves ultra i mean it is beyond in his bones and in his blood like when you when you come across people who love what they're doing they're not doing it for money they're not doing like and my wife's like so is this going to be decent financial i'm like well well it's like like, honey we talked about this we already talked about i told you all about this this when you weren't paying attention um but it, it ultimately comes down to like if i think people enjoy a race when an rd when the people putting on a race, when the aid station captains, when they are like, I'm out here because I love this, because this yes. is fun. Sure. Because I really love this sport and I want to see you succeed. That 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 kind of catalyzes and makes something special. Mm-hmm. And to me, that that's what, that's the goal is like, you know, not that it hasn't been special, so please hear me say that, but like, is there the ability to just breathe some some new life into like, hey, we're passionate about this. I'm excited to see you finish. Let's make this like, let's have an awesome time. Let's have a good time and see you suffer and do something. You, maybe you never thought you could do. So, okay. So, but you still want to honor, and you've talked about it earlier in the episode, honor the legacy of this incredible race. Have you made the call yet to kangaroos about coming right. back? As, <laughs> no, as, but as that's a sponsor? So I will say we are, uh, we're working with rabbit. They're the, they're a primary sponsor for race for finisher swag. Yeah. Super excited about that. They make great gear. Um, and uh but i have i am they are next on my list as kangaroo like hey guys apparently <laughs> 40 something years ago you guys sponsored ultra running <laughs> um so it's funny like um on the instagram account which is at run mmtr i think yeah um one of my buddies who's kind of handling that posted the the original race application that has kangaroo sponsors you know <laughs> Sponsored by pan- kangaroos, and it says shoes with pockets. Um, another, another buddy who lives local. Ooh. Yeah, he went. He was on uh, eBay, and he's like, "Dude, check this out. These are my size." And I'm like, "Please don't run the race where he knows." <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want him to do what you did at Strolling Gym a couple years back, Ryan. Yeah, when you're yeah. like, "I'm gonna wear," I don't know, what were they? Tall cotton socks. Oh, they were. Um, they were. Uh, uh, the Saucony Jazz. Yeah. yeah. Saucony Jazz, tube socks. Uh, all I, I mean, cotton shirt. I don't remember what any of it is, but it basically just said like massive chafage. Just basically, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. It was my takeaway from your, from your run there. You know what's funny is I didn't chafe much. And I remember I had a cotton shirt on, well, a ringer. I had a ringer cotton tee. Oh, heck. Yeah. And, and I saw Olaf Westerneck 
at the beginning of the race and he said oh you're going to need something for your nipples you need like, something for your nipples you need something for your nipples <laughs> you know and it was just German accent and I'm like what are you talking about he's like you're going to Chaffin's that Trust fucking me. shit and, and I was like okay so he gave me something because he has these little like, nip guards little, yeah little nip guards and I put them on they fell off and I'm like oh god I'm going to bleed all over this freaking course <laughs> but I didn't my nipples didn't chafe I was excited about uh, that I I'm a dedicated Band-Aid fella. Oh, yeah. Are you? Waterproof Band-Aid. I mean, it's yeah, waterproof Band-Aids or no shirt. There's no option right. in the summer in Virginia. Yep. That's my view. But, but yeah, I mean, like, that's the, I don't know, man. Like, that's fun. That's, that's cool stuff. So I haven't reached out to Kangaroo. I'd like to see what they say. Um, you talk about the ringer tees. They may or may not be happening as, like, the entrant uh, swag. Because, you know, 1983 is the first year. You, because you have the logo, you you do have the logo, correct, from the first year, on those posters. Uh, yeah, it's um, <laughs> we call it a logo, but we do have it. Um, but the goal is like so. Masticus is always like everybody gets entrance T-shirt, and then there's yeah. a like then there's finisher stuff. So it's right. like you know in the past, Patagonia has been a big sponsor of everything that's David Horton and Clarkson because yeah. they ran for Patagonia for years. Um, and we're, we're going with rabbit this year really like cause they're, they're doing, I love their gear. Um, so like the finisher award is going to be, you know, a long sleeve from rabbit, yeah. but, um, the, you know, my buddies and I, you know, part of our text chain, I'm like, babe, this is business. Like this is important stuff, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, you, you two understand. Hey, you, 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 I'll like, tell you what, Tim, this, you contact kangaroos and I'll get a hold of PF flyer. One of the others gonna be on that. <laughs> oh heck yeah, yeah. Hey, would you guys do? Do you actually make shoes anymore? Are you a company? Are you defunct? I don't even know. Um, but so the the goal is like, all right, can we can we do? So I was in, in the the thirtieth anniversary. The the entrance shirt was a, was a, the it was like a race bib on the front, and the number was nineteen eighty three. Yeah. And I ran it the next year. I was like, dude, that's super cool. I want that shirt, which I don't have it. I don't yeah. have one, but. I always wanted one, so anyway. So but the goal was like, hey, can we make something cool yeah. as a throwback to the to the origins, nineteen eighty three? I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. So that's very cool. I'm excited. I'm excited for this. Your first year yeah. as a race director again. The race is November fifth. <laughs> uh, starts in Montebello, Virginia. Uh, not over nine thousand feet of vertical gain in fifty yeah. miles. That's a healthy bit of up. Yeah, I, I'm going to say it's probably closer to in the 10 range. So if you if anyone in, who's listening has run it in the past, you're like, hey, I ran a masochist. Basically, so the old like halfway point used to be Long Mountain Wayside. And once you hit Long Mountain, that's when you really get in the mountains. So the race starts and ends at Montebello. And Long Mountain Wayside, which is on Route 60, um, is the turnaround point. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've talked to a couple of people who ran it last year. That was the first year of the newest course and the the overwhelming feedback was it's it's a solid 20 30 minutes longer than the old race gotcha um but it's so it's it's a gnarly start so here's one of the things i just want to throw this out there and and put in the show notes whatever you want to do um do you have a discount code so if someone's listening to this and says hey the mask sounds cool i'd love to run this um if you put in like a a coupon code, it's MMTR, Mountain Mascus Trail Race. Okay. okay. See that? Yep. MMTR40 uh, is $15 off. And so there's there's the 50 miler. That's what we talk about because that's the old school. That's the original. But there is, there is also a 50K option that's been added in the last couple of years. And, you know, so some people are like, I'm not, I have, actually have a good friend of mine. He's like, ah, man, I'm not up for a 50 miler, but I, I'm interested in the 50K. And so that was the idea of adding a 50K into the mix. 
um, a couple of years ago, Todd Hacker did that saying, Hey, can we, can we open this up to more people? So there's a 50 K option. There's a 50 miler. Um, and then, so, so MMTR 40 is a discount code. And then something that's done for all of the local races in, in the Lynchburg area, both Clark's races, Horton's races, um, Brenton's race, Holiday Lake and, and Mascus is there's a special discount code for college students. Um, Horton's a university professor. He has a soft spot for college students. I wasn't a college student when I started racing. I wish it was. But if somebody is, if somebody's listening, says, I want to run that, I'm a college student, um, you can reach out to me as the RD, and we've got a, a 40% discount for college students. Nice. That's really fantastic because there's a lot yeah. of kids that are you know, college cross country runners that would love to do something like that on the off season. And yeah. I mean, and, and maybe a college cross country runner can't can't swing a eighty dollar entry fee, but shit, thirty bucks. That's just you know, that's yeah. that's two cases yeah. of natty light. Maybe more than maybe more than thirty, but anyway. Oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. So, whatever works out. Yeah, to be. No, I mean, yeah. so that's the goal. So um, Ryan's strong it, point is not math. No, I'm just going to tell you right no, now. No, just no, don't don't go there. <laughs> not at all. So for the college student listening, don't listen to Ryan. Mm. It's you know forty percent off the entry fee. And if you want that, just shoot me an email at runmmtr at gmail.com. Um, and we'll connect with you and we'll get your discount code and all that fun stuff. But it's um, worse. I'm super excited. My nine-year-old daughter's super excited. She's like, oh, so we're going to do a race. This is awesome. I want, can I get some cool gear? That's my role. She, want, like, she wants to be like somebody, you know, so. Very, very cool. Tim Spaulding, the new race director, Mountain Masochist going on to its 40th year, 40 years of Mountain Masochist. There's the 50-miler. There's the 50K option. Enter the coupon code or coupon code MTTR40, and it's 4-0, right? You don't have to spell out 40. It's 4-0? Correct. All right. MTR40. Is that's what then, then you'll be able to get that discount code to get save some money on your entry fee. Before we go... I do want to, to turn the spotlight on Jeff for a second here because the last time you were on Jeff, we, this was we're talking Vol State and your oh, pre race. So <laughs> I, I just want to give everybody kind of an update. Like what Tell happened? Us about Vol State, Jeff. Yeah, let's talk about Vol what, State. What? what happened at Vol State this year, Jeff? Uh, yeah. It was yeah, Jeff. Yeah, just it tell was, us. Yeah, just tell us. Come, come on, on, come Jeff. On. Spill it. Spill the beans. Come on, dude. <laughs> or did you forget that too? Uh, yeah. Uh, what? What race? <laughs> <laughs> I have no recollection of that Jeff woman. Jeff needs yeah. his fish oil supplements, everybody. Um, this is just getting, this is, you need some omega-3s. No, it was, uh, I went into it. Compared to, I should say, compared to the first time I ran yeah. and completed Ball State, I went into it a little under-trained and not quite as well heat-adapted as the first time I ran it. So there's there's that, but sometimes that works to your advantage, being under-trained. You're like, yeah. okay, you're, I'm not injured, everything's healthy, blah, 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 blah. So day one goes pretty good. I actually ran more miles the first day than I did the first time I ran Ball State. I'm like, okay, that's good. First day was okay, except for one little area around the 30-mile point where I got really, really overheated and almost passed out literally on the road two or three times. Oh, good heavens. So at about 30, 31 miles in the race, I said, I need a hotel right now. I got to get out of this heat. So I got a hotel, took a shower, washed my clothes, slept for a couple hours, ate, got up, dressed, felt like a million bucks. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I recovered from whatever that issue was. Hit the road at the 24-hour point. I was 74, 75 miles into the race, whatever. I'm like, okay, that's better than the first 
Yeah. First, first yeah. and only year I'd run it. And then hot spots started coming up on my feet, which developed into blisters. And I'd treat them and fix them and treat them and fix them. And they were just, I, I could not get it under control. So I'm dealing with that. And then I get the dizzy spell things going again. So I got, I think it's uh, not as well heat adapted and probably a little electrolyte slash dehydration going on there. And uh, it went went downhill rapidly to the point where where I ended up stopping I tried to uh, sleep in a laundromat for a few hours, which I did. And then did you get to try to get the dryer? Is that what yeah. you're like, no, climbing well, the big dryer? The good thing about the laundromat was you could go in there literally and lay down on the floor, which is what I did. And people are washing clothes right beside you at 2 in the morning. They, they don't care. They're like, oh, this is pretty common, you know. So, no, no big deal. So I just keep her manopium I woke you know, up this in, is not weird. I woke up in some woman's folding clothes right next to me like I wasn't even there. I'm like, all right, this is cool. So, but... So I got up and my feet are just throbbing. I'm like, I am not taking my shoes off because I don't. I'm afraid what I'll see. Right. So right. I get up, I go out the door, and I literally took 18 minutes to go a quarter mile. Oh wow! So yeah, that's a little slow there, Jeff. Yeah, that's not even. Yeah. That's not even one mile an hour. So. <laughs> I started doing the math on this and I'm like, and my feet, and your feet don't get better in Ball State. They just progressively get worse and worse and worse, no matter what you do, it seems. And I did the math on it and coupled with all the other signs I was getting from my body, I said, not gonna work. So I pulled the plug. Because generally you're not a, I'm, I'm not like F this guy. You're generally like, oh yeah, let's no, just hang you out know, see what it feels. It's like, uh, like even John Price this year, he ended up, uh, I don't know what his specifics were, but again, I think it was probably something health or medical related. He he pulled out at, I don't know, 270 miles or something like that. But you start doing the math. And, and for me, I'm a little bit, little bit of a competitive type runner type guy. And I'm like, you know, I don't, I, there's no point in me doing this if I can't even complete the race. It's a DNF either way. So... I just pulled the plug, and I felt I felt fine doing it. I had no no problems doing that at all. I mainly did that so the person who tagged me in the thing that they don't listen to the podcast for me; they listen for you would get what they wanted in this podcast. Oh, I see. Now you owe me a Patreon <laughs> donation, ma'am. So I'm just saying that. So I, my wife appreciates that story because I've told her like, "Hey, there's this race, Ball State 500 in Tennessee," and like I heard Jeff talk about it, and she's yeah. like, "Who's Jeff?" I'm like, he, "Never mind. He's one of my buddies who doesn't know me." <laughs> Um, I was like, this race sounds awesome. And then it is an know, awesome race. It's an old school got, race. Well, precisely. But yeah. you hear so many awesome reports about a race like Ball oh, yeah. State and you don't hear a sobering one like this one. You're like, it happens. Huh. If it, maybe, uh, I will say this. If it, should hold on. This even happened to AJW. Imagine yeah, that, a yeah. DNF. If it hasn't happened to you yet, it will. You're not trying hard enough. It will. Yeah. It will happen. Okay. Yeah. All right, good Good to know. I wanted to give you a chance to get that out into the no, open so people would I'll know. I'll go back for revenge next year. I'll either do either Vol State or HOTS, one or the other. I won't do both. Uh, it's just too, they're too close together. They're three weeks apart. And it's just kudos to those that have done back-to-backs. They've done a couple. Yeah. It's just, it's way too hard on your body to be competitive in both that close together. And you've got work still. Once you retire, yeah. you know. Then you'll have plenty yeah. of time. Well, that's just a little over a year from now. I'll be retired. retired a little so. over a year? September 23. Wow. We're going to throw yeah, Jeff a great retirement party. It's going to yeah. be awesome. So, 
so I get the feeling that we're kind of working toward a wrap, which is awesome, and I understand yeah, that. But yeah. Jeff, I hear the bird calls on podcasts. <laughs> They're always at one and a half speed, right? Like I listen to one and a half speed, right? And so even the intro, I was like. <laughs> are we drunk right now because it sounds really slow well, it's, now, you know what's funny know what's going on here real, one. real quick so also hey yeah I so thought, i heard whippoorwills yeah at uh what's the race mass and nothing which that's a whole other ball right? of wax yeah. yeah i ended up dropping at that but that's not a story for today but i heard them in the night and i was like man jeff's pretty solid can you do a whippoorwill for us <laughs> 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 that's hey my night's complete you gotta, you gotta have it I mean, that's you know. hey tim would you like to make a, a silver singles joke before you oh, round out the full you know, experience i, I let's get it in that have come up from time to time that's i'll right. feed just i'll be just some material via email in the future Great. if you want but um no i don't i don't have anything right now i mean i, I respect you do you know what's funny you funny you, you say that um, there we go but the, the bird the calls and the and the theme song <laughs> The two things that people complain about, well, there's three things people complain about the podcast the most. The first one is the name. There's some people that won't listen to the podcast because it has jogger in the title and they're like, I'm not a, I'm not a jogger. I'm a runner. The second thing is a theme song where people are like the first three times I heard it, I hated it, but now I can't get enough of it. You know, there's like, it it took them a while to get over the theme song. You skip through it a couple of times. Like, oh, now, now they hear it and they love it. And the other thing is my voice. Some people love it. Some people absolutely can't stand it, and, and they think it's awful. But they still give me good reviews on iTunes. Can I can I read you a review? Humorous, humorous. Okay. Where, where is that here? Okay. <clears throat> this comes from F Poon Line. This is this is a four Sounds star legit. four star review on iTunes from F Poon Line, and F Poon Line writes, "If you like ultra running." And you like Pluckelman. He spelled my name right, which thank that's that that in itself is an achievement. Pluckelman's radio talk show style trained yelling voice jacked up nyuck nyuck at my own joke. <laughs> then this may be the podcast for you. Since mainstream talk radio isn't my jam, I just cherry pick episodes of interest to me and scrub through most of the hosts. <laughs> Hey, they give you four stars. I know. Wait, there's more. Makes no sense. When Pluckelman very occasionally drops his radio persona for his regular voice and more sincere conversations, it's a huge relief, and his guests then have a chance to expand on their thoughts. Did you get a chance to expand on your thoughts today? I I got a chance to expand. Yuck, yuck. I, 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 I love podcasts. I listen to a bunch of podcasts. I listen to a lot of running podcasts, and I will say that these are some of my favorite. Even like I read the title, like somebody might have read this title and they're like, honestly, this doesn't sound interesting at all. Right. I don't give two craps about this Tim Spaulding guy or this Mount yeah. Mascus. Every time I'm like, I, I know that I'm going to enjoy listening because Jeff's going to make a bird call. And <laughs> I I don't know. I think you do get interviews. I enjoy it. I, you no. know, you guys have accompanied me on many a trail run. So, you know. Well, no, but you think, and that's okay. I mean, everyone's have you, got their have own you, stuff. Have you heard my hummingbird impression? I think you've heard it before. Tim, have you heard the hummingbird impression? I, you know, a hummingbird makes a call. I say no, because I'd they, like to hear it. They okay. make a call, but you have to be very close to the feeder and the bird to hear it. And it sounds... <laughs> which, which you have done, right? <laughs> Indeed. That's right. Indeed. He gave me a hummingbird feeder for my birthday. Yeah. So I now have one too. So if you get an opportunity... 
I, I hear him on my back porch. I sit out there drink a beer or something. I'm like, what is that noise? And finally zeroed in on it. It was the hummingbird. And they make a noise like this. They go. Like little miniature kisses. Very, very, very quiet. Really? Check it out. And when they fly, they sound like the Jetsons little like space pods. <laughs> Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. Hey, look, Ryan, maybe you nyuck nyuck, but you, you know, Listen. there's maybe other podcast hosts that share a little bit on the emo side of things too. Listen, no. there's something for everybody and that's okay. And I, yeah. and, and, and I'm not, I don't want to knock anybody, but there's right. maybe a certain podcast host who also has hosted live streams at Western States. Yeah. My wife has stayed up for hours on end back in Virginia, just wanting to see me finish. Who didn't stop talking while I finished? And she's like, <laughs> "Who the hell is this Billy Y guy?" We'll say it for sake. She's like, "Who the heck is Billy Yang?" <laughs> and I'm like, ah, "You know." Anyway, we'll move on from there. So I'll just know. I'll just say this. Listen, there is a good variety of different types of podcasts, and there's a little there's something plenty. for everybody. Some people like a podcast where the host talks like this. We're really excited today to talk to Tim Spaulding. Tim Spaulding is the race director of the Mountain Masochist Trail Run, entering its 40th year. There's some people like that, and that's okay. We can all have the variety is the spice of life. I'm going to start a bird call podcast. People would subscribe the shit out of that if you right, did that. Yeah. I don't know how many episodes you can make off the Whippoorwill, right. but, but we may have to do... Can we do one like sub, sub-adventure jogger podcast where it's just bird, bird calls? <laughs> <laughs> so do you do bird calls on the Silver Singles uh, profile? I don't know how that works, but like... You know, that's a good... I should probably do, do that. Consulting. Put in some sound <laughs> bites. If you're going to swipe right or whatever you do, yeah. I have no idea. Like, check out my, my YouTube channel where right. I can go through bird calls. Here's the <laughs> South American toucan. Yeah. <laughs> on, on Silver Singles, you don't swipe right or left. It just can sense if you're pulling your glasses down and pulling your phone closer <laughs> to your face. Like get, get it says, yes. And you have to touch it with your whole hand. But the hell yes. Yeah. I'm all over that bird. If you like this person, call this number. Right. <laughs> yuck, yuck. yuck. And that's it. That's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to The Adventure Jogger. Theadventurejogger.com for back episodes and gear and all that good stuff. <laughs> We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode.